Hello, this is Ayush from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, December 24th, and the Narendra Modi government once again wrote to farmer unions today asking them to decide the date and time for the next round of talks over the three farm laws which has brought thousands of cultivators primarily from Punjab at the capital's doorstep. The government said that it is committed to reaching logical solutions to the issues raised by the farmers. The letter comes a day after farmer unions, protesting for nearly a month now, wrote to the centre, stating that they are open to talks, but the government must offer a concrete proposal first. Five rounds of discussion between the two sides have remained inconclusive so far. Farmers' body Bharatiya Kisan Union has moved the Supreme Court challenging the three new farm laws and sought impediment in the matter pending in the apex court. Additionally, farmer leaders from Punjab protesting at Delhi borders have started travelling to different parts of the country from the Dharna site to connect them to the ongoing agitation. Protesting unions now plan to take the agitation to 20 states covering nearly 500 districts by December end. Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejiwa said today that 51 lakh people in Delhi, comprising healthcare staff, frontline workers, people with comorbidities and those aged above 50, will be administered the COVID-19 vaccine in the first phase. Addressing a webcast on the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine in Delhi, which is expected early next year, Kejiwa said the administration has nearly identified all the 51 lakh citizens who have been clubbed under the priority category for vaccination. The Delhi government's plan is in line with the recommendations made by the National Expert Group on Vaccine Administration of COVID-19. Kejriwal said that Delhi has made all arrangements to receive and store vaccine doses. The CM added that 1.2 crore doses are needed to cover priority categories comprising healthcare workers, police, civil defence volunteers, those aged above 50, and people aged below 50 with associated comorbidities such as diabetes, heart ailments, among others. According to the government, Delhi has around 3 lakh healthcare workers, 6 lakh frontline workers, while the number of people aged above 50 and those below 50 with comorbidities come to around 42 lakh. The government has also made a separate plan to ensure medical help in the event of the vaccine triggering any adverse reaction in a person. A COVID-19 positive woman who allegedly managed to give the slip to authorities in Delhi after her arrival from the UK recently has been traced down to a town in Andhra Pradesh and admitted to a hospital along with her son. Their swab samples are being sent to the National Institute of Virology in Pune to determine whether she contracted the new strain of COVID-19 detected in the United Kingdom. The country is on a high alert following the detection of the new virulent strain of coronavirus in the UK and has initiated various measures, including rigorous testing of those who have arrived from England recently. The woman, who reached her hometown Raja Mahindravaram in Andhra Pradesh after allegedly running away from a quarantine facility in Delhi, was held by the railway police and health authorities and admitted to a local hospital after Wednesday midnight. Her son, who went to the national capital to pick her up, was also admitted in the hospital and both have been kept in isolated rooms. The woman was working as a teacher in the UK and returned to India on December 21st and landed in Delhi. She tested positive for COVID-19 and was quarantined in a facility in the capital. However, she allegedly escaped from there and, accompanied by her son, took the Andhra Pradesh Express to Raja Mahindravaram. The Congress High Command today formally approved an alliance with the Left Front for the upcoming Assembly elections in West Bengal. In October, 
the CPM Central Committee had decided that the party and the left front would have an electoral understanding with the Congress to fight against the ruling Trinamool Congress and an aggressive BJP in West Bengal, where both the CPM and Congress have been facing an existential crisis. Though the seat-sharing talks before the last assembly polls and the 2019 Lok Sabha elections failed, Congress reaped the benefits both the times in terms of seats won, as it has a high concentration of votes in select constituencies in North Bengal. The left front had failed to win a single seat in the 2019 Lok Sabha polls, losing security deposits in 39 constituencies, while the Congress bagged just two seats, losing security deposits in 38 other constituencies. On the other hand, the BJP won 18 of the 42 Lok Sabha seats, only four behind TMC's 22 seats. In the 2016 Bengal Assembly polls, the left front and Congress had together won 76 out of 294 seats in West Bengal after garnering about 38% vote share. In the meeting last month, the Pradesh Congress leaders had unanimously argued for the alliance. The discussions to firm it up got delayed following the party's electoral setback in Bihar. While West Bengal will be making a lot of headlines in the coming months, certain events in the neighboring state of Assam have fallen off the radar of the mainstream media. In May this year, Assam was hit by Cyclone Amphan and floods. The twin events affected the lives of millions of people in the northeastern state. Since 1950, Assam has lost 4,000 square kilometers of land, more than Goa's total area, to river erosion. 2,500 villages have been wiped out. My colleague Supriti traveled across the strait and reported extensively on the grim aftermath of the cyclone and the floods. She filed two comprehensive reports, one titled Treacherous River and the other What If You Lost Your Home Every Year. If you like our ground reports from across the country, please do consider subscribing to News Laundry. You can do so by heading over to the website, clicking on the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. Our cheapest subscription costs only 300 rupees a month. So please extend your support to independent media and pay to keep news free. According to the Indian Express, the Indian government has filed an appeal at the Singapore seat of the Permanent Court of Arbitration, challenging the judgment delivered in the Vodafone retrospective taxation case. The decision to file the appeal was taken late last night after top-ranking officers met with officials from the Department of Telecommunication and Finance Ministry and instructed them not to wait on the issue. The Indian government had time till today to move the appeal. On September 25th, the Permanent Court of Arbitration at The Hague's Singapore seat had ruled that India's retrospective demand of 22,100 crore rupees as capital gains and withholding tax imposed on the telecom company for a 2007 deal was in breach of the guarantee of fair and equitable treatment and that the company was entitled for its investments in the country's mobile telephone business. The International Arbitration Tribunal had then also ruled that the Indian government must reimburse 4.3 million pounds to the Vodafone Group for costs incurred on legal representation, as well as for the fees paid by the company to the arbitration court. The Vodafone Group retrospective taxation case dates back to 2007, when the UPA government had raised an initial tax demand of almost 8,000 crore rupees in capital gains and withholding tax against Vodafone Group when the company had acquired 67% stake in Hutchinson Wampoa for $11 billion. India had then said that the Vodafone Group ought to have taken into account the capital gains and withholding taxes and was therefore liable to pay 22,100 crore rupees, including interests and penalties. 
the Karnataka High Court in a recent order directed a police officer in Kalaburgi district to clean a public road in front of the police station for a week for failing to register a first information report as part of his duty when a woman approached the station stating that her son had been abducted. The court said that the case discloses a very disturbing facet of the functioning of police stations in Kalaburgi district. The station house officer or SHO of Station Bazaar Police Station against whom the action was taken gave a written undertaking to the court. He said that he is ready to comply with the direction issued by the court and render an unconditional apology for not registering the FIR. Accepting the undertaking, the bench directed the district superintendent of police to hold an orientation course or a workshop for all police officers within the district on zero FIR as per the guidelines issued by the Supreme Court. The order was pronounced while the High Court was hearing a petition filed by Tarabai, a 55-year-old resident of Kalaburgi. In the petition, she had stated that the police officer did not comply with the procedure at the Station Bazaar police station when she approached him with a complaint. The bench observed that the SHO had failed to either make a note in the diary or register an FIR as per the mandatory requirements in law, though he was conscious that a cognizable offence of abduction was committed. Now, back to the homegrown stuff from newslaundry.com. In the latest episode of Anil Hafta, the panel discussed the farmer protests, media coverage of the Tablighi Jamaat COVID-19 case, and the cancellation of the winter session of the parliament. Do check it out, and here's a short snippet from their conversation. But, I mean, Tablighi was good to, uh, you know, on TRP for 10 days. Mm. So for 10 days, I think they were all over uh, on the TV. And, uh, I mean, and, and they chased Tablighi as far as uh, Andaman Nicobar. Mm. But... Uh, but so, they're not going to say sorry. I mean, we can just forget about that. Unless the court sort of orders it. But this is like Raman sir said, this is quite good that judges on the, in the lower ju- judiciary, some of them are standing up. I'll be happier if, I mean, forget this TV. I mean, if the government says sorry. Mm. The government or the Delhi police who, you know, put up all these uh, wrong cases against Tablighis. I, I think uh, the Tablighi has been demonized to such an extent that uh, they've been called the super spreaders of Corona. And uh, people from here had also attended the Tablighi. Some did come back uh, positive. But then, you know, to just uh, cast that sort of aspersion on every one of them is is not fair. But then in this country today, we have this Islamophobia. So it feeds into all that. I don't know what to say about uh, this sort of thing. You know, you don't, you don't demonize one religious group completely. I don't know what wrong they've done, and if they've done wrong, they should be booked in, under the law. But to sort of paint them, you know, in a corner. See, the problem with 24-7 news channels is that they often uh, confuse news with gossip. You know, people enter homes, they go to the fields, they see a couple there, then they make a story on that couple. It's, it's really not news that they're selling us. Because these are small, small states and small places, no, little, little uh, constituencies, and then you, your, 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 your channel is telling you to give news, give news, give news, and there's really no news to give. So then you go and and do all this. It's it's pathetic, actually. Before I wrap up, listeners, our new website has a new podcast player that you can use to access all our podcasts. It includes a host of features like download, speed control, queue, the ability to skip to a topic within an episode, and even start from where you had stopped the previous time. 
So please go to our website on your phone or your laptop and click on the mic icon at the top right of our homepage. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.